would die. From both of us, welcome to Gen X from The Edge. The show that looks back in time provides nostalgia, humor, and introspection from a Gen X perspective compared to the other generations. We'd like to start this show in the new year by discussing an important cultural staple for us, TV shows. Welcome. Good morning, Jeet. And this is an exciting one. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear from you what TV shows really sat with you. I grew up in a more rural area. Uh, I know that you grew up more in the burbs of Victoria, Jeet. So we didn't have cable. I grew up without cable. We did, though, have a big antenna outside that we would have to go outside and run outside and move it if we wanted to watch a different channel. Now we only had three channels, uh, CBC, CTV and KVOS. And, but we still had to move the antenna for those three channels. And when it was windy outside, we had to keep going outside and readjusting it. So we'd be watching it and then all of a sudden a gust of wind would come and then boom, the antenna would move. We'd have to run outside again, change the antenna I, I think I recall, I remember I even would um, be, pay or, or threaten my uh, younger siblings to stand out there and hold it if there was a good episode of TV uh, program on there. So, I mean, and obviously none of us had remotes growing up in the 70s and 80s. So watching TV was a bit more physical back then. We didn't just sit back in our recliners and and uh, or now we don't even have to press the button. You can just talk to your TV and it and uh, and it changes the channel for you. Totally. Yeah. Physicality of being being the remote because you didn't have one. Yeah. Yeah. Parents yeah. would remote tell you there was no Siri. It was probably, hey, hey, G, hey, die. Go change the channel. Totally. Or like my friends will talk about how they would just sit by the channels and change it. So, and even then it was like the turning the knob channel. Do you remember the turning the knob channel? We, even that was a bit more physical. Yeah, and, they, and uh, the dial that we had, so the first TV I remember actually was a, a black and white unit and it only had 13 channels when you turn the dial, maybe less because it went from two to 13, right? Right. And, and then there was like a UHF and a VHF portion. So there was like an internal dial, which was like a fine tuner, I think. So we, I, I remember that, but I, what I totally do remember because that was my spot was sitting right beside the, the TV in the corner. So I could adjust the volume, change the channels manually. Well, I had my bowl of cereal as a kid. Oh, that's hilarious. Saturday morning. And I forgot that the channels only went up to 13. Now, like, I mean, we don't have cable now because things have changed so much. We just, you know, do the pay per view, Netflix, Amazon and everything like that. But People that have cable, I'll go to, or you stay at a hotel room and there's 500 channels. Ah, yeah, so different. And I don't believe you can even use rabbit ears anymore, right? Like all the... No, you can. There's actually uh, high def antennas. So oh. for, for the folks that live uh, um, in part, parts of the lower mainland in BC, like North Vancouver, I guess, where you're, you're up high enough. In altitude or if you're in victoria i would assume there's some parts you can get a lot of high def channels over the airwaves from the states oh i didn't know that i thought you couldn't use um them anymore so that's good info there g 
Well, there's there's, there's a bit more, right? Because um, with the with all the the on-demand streaming services, like you mentioned, a few like there's the there's Netflix and Crave, and and in the states, I know there's one that's called Hulu, which if you have a VPN, you can use uh, from up here. But those cable TV boxes, right? Like they're so old school that they're obsolete. You don't need them. Um, anybody can get an Apple or a Chromecast or a Roku type device or anything for your smart TV, and you can just put the apps on, and now you can pay for the the services directly from whatever channel you want. So you can, you know, custom make it. There's no need to pay a provider anymore. Just go straight to the, the people, even Amazon's got, Oh, you, you like HBO. Hey, add it on and watch it off of us. Right. So, so true. So true. And that, that instant gratification. Now I think about it and although at the time I it was really hard to wait for things I mean and we still do have to wait for things like the next new series on Netflix of our favorite show but uh, you know we we definitely uh, were a generation of waiting for things waiting so for example I mean having only three channels we got very used to the lineup on the three channels and uh and so, and it was, it, it was a very Canadian, there was quite a Canadian content. So the Sunday CBC lineup, do you remember the Sunday CBC lineup? I know you're younger than me, but. Well, I, I remember uh, times that I would be interested in them. Like we didn't, we didn't have a TV guide. So like you said, it was uh, memorize it or look it up in the newspaper, right? Or get mm-hmm. it. Occasionally my parents might go buy one. Uh, when they were maybe bored standing in the checkout aisle right beside the uh, tabloids. They used to have little TV guides. People used to pay for that. Um, but I remember around six o'clock, just, just dinner, maybe seven o'clock, there was uh, the, the Disney on Saturdays oh. or Sundays. That was, that was a staple thing to look forward to. In our oh, life. the Disney. The Disney at six. You got it. That was so, that was the huge one. To look and the whole family would get together and watch the Disney for sure. Yeah. And then there was a half an hour of Fraggle Rock. And then guess it. What was next? Huh. Muppets. I would say Muppets. Because the Muppet show Muppets were part of the Sunday lineup. It's a pretty iconic West Coast. Oh, are we talking beachcombers? We're talking beachcombers. You'd spend a half an hour with Relic and Nick. Yep. I have yep. to say, I, I wasn't really a fan of that show myself as a kid. Yeah, it kind of had a bit of an adult under, like adult humor to it for sure. And but it was it was part like also that's the other thing. I don't know what it's like in your house, but man, my kid has a lot more control over what we watch than I had. Very much so. Yeah, I, I, I would so, wait. Yeah, I would wait yeah. for the white space when when like it wasn't being used, and it was like, okay, now it's a race between me and my sisters to whoever gets there first. Exactly. You did not say, "I don't want to watch Beachcombers, Mom and Dad." There was none of that. Yeah. <laughs> there was only one TV. Exactly. Like it wasn't like there was another TV in the den or wherever it was. Totally, and there was a lot more. Um, oversight maybe um, like we've got we've got a TV uh, you know in our bedroom now as as uh, adults because that's a privilege that you know I guess for our generation that we're like I've earned it I've got a TV in my room 
and mm-hmm. got the family room TV, but then the, ki- the kids have access to computers, tablets, phones, right? They're, they can be streaming whatever they want all the time. So it's a very different, very different environment. That That's so true because if you missed before um, VHSs came out and um, going on a bit of a tangent here, but if you miss that show, you miss that show. There was no PVRing or, or when you finally VHSs came out, you could tape your show, but that wasn't until, I'd have to look that up, but I don't think that was until the late, a, um, the late 80s, early 90s, when everyone had a VHS in their home. So yeah, it was you. That's another reason why you looked forward to watching it so much. It was your one and only opportunity. Yeah. And if you ever did record it, it you had to, you had to act like you had a mixtape for a radio. And we should do that in one of our upcoming episodes. Di. We should talk about mixtapes. But for VHS, I, I, you had to kind of also put a little bit of effort like we'd try to pause it so you didn't get any of the commercials and then you'd unpause it so there'd always be this little weird glitch in the middle because you right know, manual pause and unpause right yeah for sure you know another thing is there there was such a culture around tv so i have a friend that grew up without tv in her home literally not even not even cable but no tv and she says like there's so much little pieces of conversation that we have that refers to different TV shows, different phrases, and often she feels left out of all those cultural references. Mm-hmm. I mean, now she could go back and watch all those TV shows, but would she? I'm not sure. But it is interesting how much, um, I think, almost especially for the Gen X, uh, for the Gen Xers, the cultural references around TV. Yeah. Well, and, and the other stuff where I, I would say some of the, the more adult-oriented shows, like, like I would say if you took today's rating scale, like what we say is rated PG-13 today for our kids or rated R, it's, um, it, it would have been probably rated higher back then. I think they were a little more strict. I, I kind of remember the prime time seven o'clock on or eight o'clock on was it was really reserved for more adults because I guess you know a bedtime of about eight o'clock was fairly normal right like yeah it's late you guys can't watch tv now go to bed or go do your homework or whatever it was and the uh <clears throat> so those were shows that I remember my parents watching things like Dallas or the love boat or whatever which you know we would chuckle watching them today oh for sure that, that's a good point and and um, our our kids would find them so hokey now. And yeah, so that's a good point as well. Yeah. And the then- other thing is, like, I'm sure you remember The Littlest Hobo. Like, we tried to show that to our son, our 12-year-old, and he thought it was so hokey. I mean, even back then, I did think it was a bit hokey. But everything was a bit more simple. Like, even the plots... I mean, obviously the special effects, everything like that. And we seem to be okay with that simplicity yes. of our entertainment. Well, the the live action type shows that I remember watching, <laughs> even the cartoons, right? Like what do I mean live action? I'm talking like, uh, you know, the the as a kid, like the non-cartoon shows, right? And so so there was Dukes of Hazard, right? Mm. I, don't, I don't think that would pass any kind of litmus test for today. Uh, 
a, a team and Airwolf, which were oh. a little more Airwolf and Knight Rider were were a little more prime time, but uh, the A team and Dukes of Hazard, even the WWF wrestling, there was like like you know they they were horrible at at like any kind of special effects, like stuff would blow up. Nobody get hurt. There was no blood. They'd be shooting machine guns at each other for hours and not a single person ever got hit. Like not even by accident, right? Like they were just yeah. so sanitized, no blood, no tons of explosions, but no blood. Yeah, yeah, very, but, but so fun. Like when you mention those shows, it, it just like, it makes, it makes, it brings a smile to my face for sure. Yeah. Dukes of Hazard were definitely was definitely one of that. So if we're gonna talk about our favorite shows, when we're I'll talk about kind of two. Obviously, there's the teen years and the kid years, and so the kid years for me were the '70s, and yeah, Dukes of Hazard was on the top of the list for sure. Um, Opico Roscoe, I don't know, and then you know they go after them. And a couple other ones were I really liked the Muppets when I was a kid. Oh yeah, that's universal. Love the Muppets. Yeah, and we would my my cousins and I would get together and do Muppet skits. We take on characters and make up little Muppet stories and do skits. And I remember my cousin would be, you know, the the Swedish chef and and uh, do a really good. Like it was fun to imitate the Muppets. So that was we really made our own entertainment again. Uh, six million dollar man so how much do you think the six million dollar man would be worth today and I mean this is just me doing a little bit of research online it's probably not completely true but how much do you think I don't know 100 million dollars 100 million I would think almost 100 million too but what one person said was about 33 million so that's what the parts now would be to and I can't remember everything he had that was bionic. He had the ear, right? Didn't he have the ear? Or was that the... I, I should I, have done more research on this. And the bionic woman, too. Yeah. But anyways, I figure $33 million for the, the parts and the labor. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, it's everything was much cheaper back then, too. Right. So that's why I figured out oh, let's inflate the value a little. It's being a bit ridiculous. But, you know, yeah. I bet you there's is far more possible to have some of that happen now if people do things like biohacking or even your wearables if you're walking around with a smartwatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, those were kind of some of the ones that I really remember from a kid, mm -hmm. um, those ones. What about you for the kid? What were, I mean, we haven't even talked about the cartoons yet, which well, that, I have a little info about that. The cartoons is the big thing for me that I remember. Um, so. I, like, I guess when I look back, uh, like I was saying before, right? Like there's two categories of the shows. There's the ones with that were cartoons and the ones that were not cartoons, right? So the cartoons, um, there were so many. And it was such a, like a wide uh, assortment of them that didn't really make any sense. And then I had sisters that would sometimes wrestle me for TV. And if they got to the TV and put on one of the shows they watched, I had to watch it too, right? So, right, so then you're watching My Little Pony or The Smurfs. Yeah, Care Bears, Smurfs, yeah, those guys are, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if I got to it and it was okay, it was G.I. Joe and, you know, He-Man and my sisters like She-Ra, there was a Transformers, the Transformers was a big one. Oh, yeah, I remember watching the Transformers with my brother, so my brother's closer to your age, yeah, he loved the Transformers, yep. yeah. A good one, and then there was, 
you know, I, I'd say for a long time, the classic ones like the Looney Tunes or the Hanna-Barbera's, you know, like Bugs Bunny and Friends and stuff like that continued, like they were always kind of thrown in there and you never really knew what you were going to get. Um, yeah, for sure. And there was definitely a favorite characters you had where you'd be like, oh, really, do we have to have another road runner? Like, can you give us a little bit more Elmer Fudd, <laughs> you know, or whatever it was? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And again, you didn't really have a choice. You had to go with what they gave you. Oh, or I was gonna say, well, you were you were an Elmer Fudd girl, were you? Well, I don't know if I was an Elmer Fudd girl. I also quite, and I can't remember the name of the character. That rooster. What was that rooster's name again? Oh, you know, um, I can't. I can't recall. I could see him. He's a gigantic rooster. Yes. Yeah. Now oh. everyone listening is gonna be yelling at us, going, "Yeah, it's it's this." Um, yeah, but after a while, you did get tired of the re rep repetition of the of the Wiley Coyote Roadrunner. But that's how, it, that's how it was, you know, very, again, the simplicity of those cartoons. I, th I think his name was Foghorn. Leg it was. Is that it? Yes. Yeah, it was Foghorn Leghorn, for sure. There we go. Yeah. Uh, do, do, so there were older shows that I remember watching as well. And some of them being in black and white, right? It wasn't as far removed. I'm sure some of them could be around now. I think there's even a a channel something like memories or or a back in time channel i can't remember what it's called right now but i know it exists and my mother-in-law is always watching it <laughs> but it's got uh, uh stuff like andy griffith's show mm -hmm. right matlock um like uh, i love lucy or leave it to beaver yeah they i totally remember those yeah. And when I looked back at what the CBC and CTV programming was, they did have quite a bit of U.S. programming on those channels, even though we were definitely exposed to a lot of Canadian programming. Again, that's what probably so many Canadians grew up with that, those two Canadian channels. We have that consistency of television programs. And then once in a while, you'll meet someone that actually grew up with cable and they'll throw out my husband grew up with cable and he'll throw out a sh tv show i've never ever heard of because obviously it wasn't on one of those tv channels yeah so so i know the crtc likes to mandates canadian content just like in radio as well as uh, tv right so mm -hmm. um the the other channel i was thinking of that i kind of miss was was uh I want to say was it was it PBS or something like that? It was a uh, Channel Nine. I want to say the Knowledge Network or something similar to that. And you, if you went to it, it was not supposed to be super like entertainment, but it would have shows like Lauren Green's New Wilderness. Oh yeah, that's that yeah. fun classic Canadiana, and it was on a little more in the evenings. Totally. Do you, so do you remember the how we always ended his shows? Um, he always said he would always do that a tip of a hat a tip of my hat and he'd always recognize someone like a nate like a tip of the hat to soul and soul wilderness committee or whatever oh no i don't, oh. I don't remember that it seems to be very much like a uh, his his signature sign off i guess was very much like the uh, bob barker on the price is right about getting your pets spayed and neutered mm-hmm mm-hmm Oh, well, yeah, and oh, speaking of that, there's there is those game shows that were big too, where the family would sit around the TV and watch those game shows. Oh, oh, Jeopardy with the late Alex Trebek. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm -hmm. To more during daytime, I think we had the, uh, uh, was it the Price is Right and the Wheel of Fortune? And, yeah. Uh, no, it's the Price is Right is the one I'm thinking of. I was just thinking about the wheel. But yes, the Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy were on together usually. Yeah, in the evenings. And then definitely the Price is Right. And then they had some other older ones that I remember my parents watching as well. Hollywood Squares and the Pyramid and everything. Family Feud. Oh, oh gosh. Family Feud was a big one. But they've really stood the test of time too. They're still, they're still um, out there. Oh, very much so. So you're, you're mentioning about some of the, uh, the, the technology changes, right? Like without um, some of the premium channels. So mm -hmm. I remember Super Channel uh, was the premium cable channel of choice. As far as I remember as a kid, there might've been other channels, but I didn't really care, right? It was like, right. you've got Super Channel, you've got you know advanced cable instead of basic cable. Um, so when I was a kid, uh, my area of Victoria was served by Rogers Cable. And then something happened when I guess they reorganized their territories or something or got bought out. So Shaw took over our area. Like Shaw was the TV company, the cable company in Greater Victoria. And over um, the one thing that I do know is my parents, because we had my grandparents live with us, there was like, like, a, like zero um, uh, programming like that was in other languages, right? Like every once in a while, there'd be some show and they would know when it was and on what channel. And so my, my dad, when I was now in high school, um, actually went out and tried uh, satellite TV. So we got a little dish installed and it was Star Choice. Yeah, I remember that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I mean, we weren't um, uh, unique. Like I know, I remember some people, and I think some people still do, had these gigantic like swimming pool sized satellite dishes yeah, and yeah. I had no idea what they did. Like, did they have to program which satellite they're pointing at and all this and that? But we had we had the Star Choice system, and then later um, my dad switched it to Bell, and he stayed with Bell for quite a long time, right? So I remember being able to use uh, a digital guide and uh, you know pick my channel, and you know you could record stuff and rent movies, and it was super super huge, right? Now you can go and get like you know like we we're saying like some IPTV stuff or or an app and you're good to go right like it's yes super yeah simple. so uh yeah i mean we, uh, as i said i grew up i didn't have that evolution we never went that way but i remember going to friends houses and just being amazed by the amount of entertainment they had access to which has now increased tenfold uh with the amount of entertainment that um we are exposed to nowadays and what we're sorry what are you gonna say oh i was just gonna say like so if we go back to the super channel like were you ever able to get the feed at least to your place growing up no so we um our house was way off the main road so it would have cost thousands of dollars to pull cable up to our house we actually had i think three telephone poles just on our property so there was never, we were never going to get cable. My dad still lives there, still doesn't have cable because it just would have cost too much money right? Um, to pull the cable up to our house. So yeah, he does not, he does now have a satellite dish though. He moved on to the satellite dish. Okay, so, that's good. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I remember you can't do it with a satellite, but like you had one of those cable converter boxes, um, the cable guy would come to your house and 
you know, and, you, and they would do whatever they do. They remove little filters at the side of your house or add them on or whatever it was so that the oh, yeah. that paid for are not scrambled. And if you don't pay right. for them, they're scrambled, right? So right. maybe some people even called it a descrambler box. But I remember flipping through because there would be free preview, um, you know, a free preview week or something or two weeks, like once a year, the cable company. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh my God, like, you know, Shaw is giving everybody free cable. Right. And we'd flip through, but they're hoping to get you hooked much like, you know, they would do today so that you go and you, you call up Shaw and you, you, you pay the money and you get the box and all that kind of stuff. Um, but occasionally, you know, you could watch kind of good chunks of a show on Super Channel and they were still scrambly, but the scramble for whatever reason. <laughs> You didn't jumble stuff up. I feel like I remember watching a movie. I must have been a little bit older because I don't know what year it came out, but like the War of the Roses or something. Yeah. On Super Channel, uh, more or less, you know, I could make out everything that was going on. It was just the tinting was like this greeny, different <laughs> shades of green or whatever, right? Oh man, the things that we would put up with nowadays, you'll get upset if um, you know something doesn't load quick enough on your computer. It is just, I mean, like I, I, I've already said it a couple of times, but it's just amazing how much more patience and we had um, back then and, yeah. and uh, how we would wait for things. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, so you're, you're getting older. If we go down the timeline, I'm getting older. I just wanted to go back though to your cartoons because I did a little bit of research. And did you know that in that, we don't have cartoons anymore. Saturday morning cartoons on our on those big major networks. Yeah, I think they stopped showing them in the mid two thousands. Yeah, and I think it's a. It was a bit of a surprise to me when I found out, and uh, uh, but I'm not I'm not fully surprised because I think people with with streaming services or even specialty channels like I I, I for for your son. Um, and for, for my children, I kind of remember using Treehouse, you know, for yes. the first little bit. And they watched that. And then later, uh, they would, it, and it's funny because, you know, I think Treehouse has commercials, but later we would have either DVD or, you know, you go to YouTube or Netflix or whatever without commercials. And they, kids can't handle commercials. No, no, no. And now they can just like watch YouTube and skip the ad. And I mean, Obviously, people want to make money off our viewing, so they find ways to do it. But, well, putting putting maybe advertising actually in the show and that sort of thing. So they have to evolve as well. Yeah, product. Yeah. yeah. So when I was older, so this would have been, um, so 70s when I was a kid, 80s when I'm older, high school, that sort of thing. Some of those, um, I moved on to some of those iconic shows. So I, I'll just mention a couple of my favorites and then you can kind of mention a couple of your favorites when from when you were a teen but it was those teenage dramas Beverly Hills 90210 oh yeah Degrassi 21 Jump Street like all like those were some of the key ones I loved and then of course there was those a lot of comedies definitely we had a lot of comedies Seinfeld came on board some of the earlier comedies, Facts of Life, Different Strokes, um, trying, um, so many of them, so many of those comedies. 
family ties good old michael j fox yeah. uh, roseanne all those kind of comedies so what how about, about you well just before i go into some of the favorites what about the groundbreaking ones like i think um the golden girls mm, yeah designing women and murphy brown were considered oh. groundbreaking weren't they because they had uh women as uh, primary characters and the writers were women as well so they had a different voice and perspective but i thought there was good tv as a kid i wouldn't have noticed or cared i just i actually enjoyed watching those um, yes yeah oh, i i don't especially murphy brown for some reason i like that one i thought it was funny that the handyman never finished his job and stayed there forever <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember WKRP in Cincinnati? Yeah, so that was more of a 70s one, but for sure, there's some pretty iconic ones from there. And I have some trivia. Now I won't, now I might not use that one in the trivia, but I have some trivia at the end for you. That was a big one okay. for sure. Um, but I will say for, for myself, one of my fondest memories, like so I'll say later high school, I remember uh, uh, going to work and coming back, uh, doing like an evening shift or during the week occasionally or, or working the weekends, you know, at one of the typical fast food restaurants. <clears throat> and uh, I saw the transition um, from when I was a kid and I'd watch uh, wrestling. I want to say it was Saturday morning wrestling or something like that. And, you know, there was, it used to be known as WWF back then it became WWE. And then uh, occasionally uh, we could get a hold of WCW, which was a rival wrestling company, but they were in the States. So I think that might've been like really late at night. And, uh, and then there was one, a Canadian one called Calgary oh, Speed Wrestling. I remember the Canadian one. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. So, yeah. So as a kid, uh, you know, as a young boy, I was really into watching the wrestling, right? And I saw the evolution of when it was just very hokey and cartoony like much more like the Calgary Stampede model, right? Which was, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was good because it was so bad. Yes. To the point where when I was like a later teen, um, I think some of those companies folded. There was a big rivalry that happened between the WWF, which might've become the WWE by then and WCW. And I think later they got bought out and now it's just one, but there was this era in the nineties that I'll call the attitude era. And it was very different because now they became very suggestive and used far more, you know, gratuitous violence and had off stories and stuff, but it was excellent type TV. But I remember though, watching it throughout the whole evolution of that sports entertainment industry. And it was a, a ritual for myself because I'd come, um, after I'd come home from work, my fondest memories are my grandfather would, would be up and he would sit and watch it, right? Universal uh, laughter at somebody getting beat up because they were talking trash was a good bonding experience. Yeah, for sure. And there are a lot of good memories of just those times watching TV with the family, you know, or with your grandparents or whoever it might be. Definitely there, there's some key memories there. And again, about that, uh, the cultural references as well, for sure. So I know that we're probably getting really close. We've been it's been a really good chat. I feel like I could talk about, I thought I didn't have tons to talk about was about TV, but now I feel like I could carry on reminiscing about those shows, but I have a little bit of trivia. You want to go for it? Okay, sure. Okay. Hang on here. I just, I, I had it and now I've lost it. Wait a second here. 
Um, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to name a couple cast members. And then you have to let me know whether you can remember, can guess the TV show. How about I do five? All right, go for it. I'm going to start with an easy one at the beginning. Alan Alda. Jamie Farr. Oh. I, I, you know, Alan Alda, I, the name, it's, it's, uh, it's in my head, but I want to associate him with, like he's an old comedic guy, but uh, yep. I, I can't get the other one. Oh, and Jamie Farr. Oh, maybe, maybe you didn't, guys didn't watch this one. It was definitely on, I purposely picked TV shows I know that I grew up with. So I know that we had them on, on our, um, on our channels. But uh, I'm, um, MASH. Oh, MASH. Yes. So as a kid, I didn't like it. My parents did. But when I got a little bit older, like I'll say closer to my teens and it would come on, I'd actually sit and enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Korean War references all over, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This one you'll get, I think. John Ritter. Three's Company? Yep. Yeah. I gave you a really easy one at the beginning. Uh, okay. I'm going to give you a harder person now. George Went. Hmm. I don't know who, I think I can recall who George Went is. Okay. Kirstie Alley. Are we talking cheers? We're talking cheers. I'm trying to give you a bit of a harder, I guess that was about four. We got one couple, one more left. I'll give you, I'll try and find one. Oh, here's a good one. Howard Hessman. Howard Hessman. Okay. I don't know. Just because it rhymes with Les Nessman, I want to say I want to say WKRP in Cincinnati. You got it. You got it. That's it. WKRP in Cincinnati. Oh, do you want one more? Sure, let's go one more. Okay, here we go. I'm trying to, um, a lot of these are um, comedies, actually. Gary Coleman. Oh, um, okay. So Gary Coleman, he was a little kid. And yep. like what you talking about willis yep uh different strokes different strokes you got it oh and it makes you think about all those theme songs i had to go back and listen to a lot of those theme songs afterwards you know i'm not i'm not musical so i don't can't sing them but there were some good ones well I, you know what you brought up a whole nother category of shows there that i forgot about maybe there was a theme there where it was about family dynamics and changing right I remember now some like the silver spoon, mm -hmm. whatever. And that was about a, a single dad. Mind you, he's a rich single dad, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was uh, um, uh, the ones with the butler, Belvedere, Mr. Belvedere. Um, there was. Oh, yeah. Different strokes. Like, so I think there was a lot of interest in, in uh, families, whether they were blended families, you know, not to the extreme of maybe the Brady Bunch, because that's quite a bit before us, I think. Yeah. But, but that is really true. I mean, even from the Waltons, hmm. you know, going way back, you're right. There, there were a lot of those family type programming and shows, not as much anymore. That's a really good point. I wonder why that change has happened. 
Yeah, they could be about a different topic or, or maybe everything's far more uh, niche. But, but back then, I think the family, the nuclear family in its traditional sense was starting to change because parents had to go to work. Both of them, as we mentioned, people were, families were splitting up and forming in new ways, right? And it was, you know, adoption was a thing. And it was just no longer the same as what, uh, what the, the Leave it to Beaver family was the family was beginning to look differently. And so people wanted to see that on TV and maybe TV was doing a bit of a cultural examination of what was happening at the time. That's a good point. Even like full house was a huge one. And it is interesting though, cause my son still gravitates to those family type TV shows like full house. And, and the fact that it's out again, has revived people are wanting it back. There's been a bit of revival around that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, of revivals, like, I mean, it's, it is funny uh, with the amount of remakes that we see from our generation's creativity, or actually, it's not really our generation's creativity. Our, our generation benefited from being the consumers. So we'll have to give credit to the older generation, like the, the, the boomers that actually came up with the content, right? Yes. Given their due. We, we got to benefit by being some of the earlier viewers of it. But whether it was the A team that was redone as a movie, right? Um, mm-hmm. the karate kid i think you're totally into their their remake aren't you oh don't even get me started about cobra kai yep <laughs> yeah, on, on Netflix. so uh yeah I, I think i looked at that and i was like wow this has done really well but even just nostalgia movies like guardians of the galaxy right he's got his mm-hmm. uh the, the lead guy he's got his little mixtape there going on and he's listening to songs from that era you know star lord or whatever he calls himself so huh that's good. So it's almost like I feel like, gee, perhaps we should chat a little bit about a couple of our favorite movies growing up on our next podcast. I think I think that's a, that's a great idea. I think we have our next topic. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. But just before we go, Di, I had something here for you. Just wanna, I want to see if you can uh, give this a listen. Okay. I know what that is. It's good old Littlest Hobo. Nice. Yeah. That was that was a good show, but I got a bit Maybe of a- Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I'll want to settle down. All right. Do you remember this? Let's see if this works. Well, that's Knight Rider, isn't it? Oh, what? Oh, uh, if it's not Knight Rider, what is it? It's a, with a car, though. No. Oh, I don't know. Vehicle, for sure. You're on the right track with Knight Rider. But don't think on the ground. Don't think on the ground. Oh, you've got me. I don't know. Airwolf. Airwolf. Oh, okay, I think yeah. So I think again that might somehow I missed that one, but I know of it, but I don't remember watching it. But it has that kind. That that is a very typical kind of lead into it to one of our TV shows too. You know that kind of to that that yeah. intense <laughs> kind of music. <laughs> 80s action with with 80s synthesized music totally completely you've yes you've summarized it very well there okay. how's this 
I don't hear anything. Is that, is that Fraggle Rock? It was Fraggle Rock. Yeah. But they gave it away. But yeah. It. But um, <clears throat> there's there was a show, I think you were talking about teen dramas, and they came out, I want to say the late 80s, early 90s. And, and it was a classic, I will say, because maybe more for my age group than yours. It wasn't quite 90210 with all the, uh, the uh, steamy drama that was happening there. It was a little tamer. Um, let's see if you can guess this one. Uh, last one for you. Okay. Okay, I don't think I watched this one, but is it Saved by the Bell? It is. It was yeah. Saved by the Bell. Yeah. So that's what shows the differences, even though I think we have so many similarities in the sense that we've had that Gen X grow growing up, but just that little bit of Saved by the Bell, would, I would have felt like I was too old to watch. Yeah. yeah. I think it was like a high school, junior high kind of. Uh, yeah. But Degrassi. Yeah. Like that was full on. You really got into that story. I, at least I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we had to watch De Degrassi as a teaching tool in grade eight, I think, for sex ed. Oh, that's right. Because uh, the girl got pregnant. The one with the spike. Spike got pregnant. And then pregnant. someone got AIDS in the show even. Like they really, remember that one guy got? Yeah, somebody had AIDS. There was a teen pregnancy and there was a guy named Snake. That's all I remember, really. Yeah, Snake. I remember Snake. Mm -hmm. And some yeah. people liked wearing the fedoras. Yes, that was the other guy. I forget his name. Joey. Joey? Joey. Donnie? Is it Joey Jeremiah or something like that? Yeah, Joey wore this hats. Yeah. yeah. So the, it's, for sure. the grassy was the Canadian version of the Rat Pack. Uh, I think, yes. Uh, you know, like yeah. and Pink and those guys, right? So. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's been good. I can't wait to, I'm going to think about some of those couple of pivotal movies for me and it'll be, um, it'll be fun to, t to reminisce and chat a little bit more about them. Very much so. And I'll, uh, I'll have to get caught up on the uh, Cobra Kai series. So. <laughs> We'll try not to talk too, too much about Karate Kid in the next movie, eh? For the next no, no, but it was riveting. And there was some very good 80s references in it, which is which are always fun. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, we'll talk later. All right. Looking forward to it. Yeah. And for those of you that enjoy our podcast, follow us on our social media, Gen X from the Edge, to find out what's new. Yep, like or subscribe to our podcast. We're on pretty much any platform I can think of, from Spotify to the Apple Store. And uh, I guess uh, I'll, I'll end out my part here by saying uh, Happy New Year to everybody out there in listener land. And uh, we're all hoping 2021 is better than 2020, but nothing's like the 80s. Yeah. Wait, yeah, feel the same, Jeep. Feel the same. <laughs> all right. With that, everybody, take care. <laughs>